now are you ready uh i'm ready to go yeah <laughs> it's gonna be uh gonna be a quiet week you're not gonna have any uh any talk anybody uh talking about pooping and i mean we could talk about pooping but like it's not super exciting you know what i mean actually actually my first my first news item is about pooping oh, so we'll get okay, to it wow. <laughs> So, <laughs> with that preamble, welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance, our 129th episode. Tim, I'm going to be hosting this week. With me is just one person this week. Uh, we have Mark. What's up, everybody? Uh, we would have, we were going to have uh, a larger than usual crew this week. We we're going to have both uh, Christy and uh, her fiance, Mark, or other Mark, as we affectionately refer to him. But Christy is apparently at stuck in an urgent care waiting room right now and thinks she has something going on with her throat and since that is her instrument as she's been talking lately about getting more like uh voice gigs obviously we don't want to fuck that up so it's also her money maker for us too so we don't want to risk <laughs> risk losing that yeah kind of like we kind of need her to be able to sing like a goof and all that kind of yeah. stuff so like it is part of her character <laughs> yeah. <quote> unquote, so. <laughs> part of her shtick uh yeah part of her routine <laughs> so what so we were we do need to yeah what to we were going to do this week uh will probably bump back to next week's episode uh and mark and i are just gonna fly by the seat of our pants on something that uh both of us watched in the last like couple weeks or so uh and have been talking a lot about mm-hmm. and i think have quite a bit to say about or some opinions on anyways uh yeah mm-hmm. uh, but besides that uh i don't know how, how you been mark uh it's been a mixed kind of week you know like it's one of those i, f- I feel you <laughs> yeah so like this week's been uh yeah yeah i'm gonna be unemployed in a week so that was kind of unexpected so that's kind of fun <laughs> and then like i have no idea what's going on in the world because i've been basically just watching like your american political situation fall into catastrophe slowly but surely yeah well that was weird for me because i was actually um in dc last weekend just because um i have some customers in uh, virginia for my day job and uh <laughs> not that this is a job we don't make any fucking money off it um, exactly it just feels like a lot yet. of work <laughs> yeah We're working. um yeah so i figured i would uh, take a couple days ahead of time and spend some time in dc because i've only ever been in dc once and it was the middle of the fucking night so i didn't really get to see anything but it turned out this trip wasn't much fucking different because everything was closed because of the fucking government shutdown the trump shutdown so yeah, but I still managed to find some cool shit to do, which I will talk about in our geek of the week. And then nice. yeah, and then like my business was all over the place this week. Like I had some really bad news, I had some good news. It was a real fucking mixed bag. And then on Thursday, I took my citizenship interview for the US and uh passed it and passed my civics test and everything. So it was real real crazy all over the place kind of week. It was a roller coaster. So when are you uh, taking your oath then? They did not tell me that. So basically my application was recommended for approval based on my interview, but that's not like 100% you'll be approved. But like, it's basically like, as long as we don't find that you're like a secret terrorist on the internet or some shit like that, then you're probably approved. Let's so. just hope they don't find the podcast between <laughs> now and then. Right? Like good times. Fingers crossed. I don't, think, yeah, I don't think I've said anything particularly treasonous on the podcast. I might have, but I'm in Canada. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Whatever. So yeah, so that was my week. But uh, yeah, and this is, and that was like the week after basically I got back to 
the U.S. after doing like that whole week and travel in yeah, Canada and Canada. stuff like that over the holidays. So this is my first like chance to really take a breather after getting back. So yeah, yeah, been crazy. But uh, anyways, let's move on to our nerdy news for the week. <laughs> the first couple items I had were actually probably more Christy news, but she's just gonna have to maybe like chime in on the Facebook post as if she ever actually reads our Facebook posts uh, to uh, to give her opinion. She doesn't on even it. read our chat. Like, let's be fair. She doesn't even read our chat half the time. So, like, we got to tag her. That's what we, we figured out is that actually Christy's taking like a bit of like a, I won't say like a Facebook break, but like she's trying to be a little bit more reduced, re- yeah, reduced, yeah. reduced social media interaction, which makes it a little harder for us to actually arrange this podcast, which we obviously do primarily on social media. So, or, yeah, yeah. Anyway. So we figured out that if not, we do like her, uh, doesn't check her phone super yeah. regularly is what we're trying to get at. So like <laughs> makes it a little, we'll say dodgy getting a hold of her <laughs> actually mean aggravating as fuck to get a hold of her, but that's, you know, neither here. Love nor you, there. Christy. We hope you feel better. Yeah. I hope you feel better. So the first uh, bit of news I had was something that uh, Mark shared like right after we recorded last, which was, yeah. So on the Pottermore Twitter feed about a week ago shared a little piece of uh Wizarding World trivia and this is how it goes. Hogwarts didn't always have bathrooms before adopting Oh god, you're reading this. Before adopting muggle plumbing that. methods in the 18th century, witches and wizards simply relieved themselves wherever they stood and vanished to the evidence, presumably with a spell of some sort. Sort of implying that wizards just shat themselves or just like just like shit in the streets and then just so like, like made it go away the problem is like this adds this whole level where they don't really learn how to use magic until they're 10 so what are they like do you have to get your parents to come in and zap your fucking shit away what if you're in public right like what if you're just out and about with like muggle friends you're like what the fuck well, you don't sorry, know what guys. it is it, <laughs> yeah, I just get a shit, I guess. But you can't use magic. Hello, Homura. Right? Oh, no, like, wait. That's opening a door. You don't want to do that. It's That's probably how you, you really shit. don't want to do that. You do Hello, yeah, Homura on your ass. It opens the, <laughs> expands the anus, and the poop just falls out. Well, it's like, like you, you use the clothes spell to make sure you don't shit yourself. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> like, this way you don't have to poop in public. You just cast out on yourself yeah, before that's you leave when, home. And then... When you've got diarrhea. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, geez. There it is. It reminds me, do you remember that, uh, did you ever see that diarrhea damn skit that Tim and Eric did way back in yes, the day? Yeah. Oh Jesus. Oh yeah. Oh, where people were like, were like, <laughs> the, the the idea was that like you'd start to sweat the liquid shit out of your skin because if you left the thing in too long, <laughs> you would start to sweat because yeah, the pain would get to you. Yeah, that that Tim and Eric was one of those things. I remember like I see a lot of it, and I'm not sure if I ever enjoyed any of it. <laughs> But I laughed at bits of it, yeah. so I'm like, I guess it was okay. But like, I don't really know if I ever actually liked it. It was a weird show, yeah, like a weird show. Yeah, I loved him and Eric, and then and I, I did go on and watch uh, check it out with Doctor Steve Brühl after as well, mm-hmm. with like some of John C. Riley's best stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so this this Pottermore thing is, I mean, just more information than I think anybody ever needed to know about the Wizarding World. It just adds so many questions <laughs> that I have. You know what I mean? Like, it's just I don't understand how you. Why even bother posting that information? <laughs> like, what good comes from that? It's just like, it just opens this massive rabbit hole to go down where you're just like, I don't like, so do they actually like have to uh, like, uh, I don't know, obliterate the poop everywhere they go? Because <laughs> they're not just making it invisible. Otherwise, we'd all be tracking around with invisible <laughs> yeah. wizard shit on our fucking. Yeah. I don't, I, 
Yeah, it's true. I I mean, vanish maybe. Just, I don't know if vanish implies that it makes it not exist or that it just makes it visible. So they were just walking on roads, just paved with wizard shit. Wizard <laughs> shit. I guess. I guess that's better than regular shit. But like, I don't. When know. are we gonna like, see this in a movie? That's what I want to know. Is this gonna be in the? This is gonna be? That's the entire fifth. Fantastic Beast movie. It's just wizards having eaten some bad shrimp. <laughs> just like assuming like the movies go so bad, or this becomes such like a big phenomenon that they're like, we okay, we have to like some exec somewhere is on the phone with J.K. Rowling right now. It's like, no, we have to answer the shit question <laughs> in a movie. We need to definitely answer this in canon so that the kids they know. do a crossover with the Emoji movie, and then uh, Patrick Stewart voices oh, some wizard shit. I'm still actually impressed. He's like the one English actor who's never shown up in any of the Potter movies. I that's a weird <laughs> absence to have as Patrick Stewart. Uh, yeah, Ian McKellen, but he's basically uh, Dumbledore. Come on, you can't have Ian McKellen yeah. in fucking in a Harry Potter <laughs> movie. He's already Gandalf. Yeah. That's not that's he too much wizard. He power. doesn't get it. He doesn't get to do both. <laughs> uh, speaking of Harry Potter stuff, this was something that I saw Christy share, and I saw it as well. Did you see this dog? The YouTube video of the dog that's been trained to react to. Harry Potter spell. Oh yeah, Christy. Christy posted that on Facebook yeah. this week, so I uh, I I watched yeah. a bit of it's, it. It's uh it's pretty pretty amazing. Um, so like it'll do like uh Immobilis where it just stops, or uh, Avada Kedavra where it plays dead and shit like that. Yeah, and it plays dead. Yeah. The but it's actually it's a YouTube personality that's been around for years. Brizzy voices. Oh, I know the yeah. Yeah, the she name. she would do like voices where she'd do like impressions of uh, various cartoon characters and stuff like that. And I think the one that she was really yeah. well known for was she did a video where she did the voices of every single Gen One Pokemon. Oh, okay. I think I remember Paul sending me this yeah. at one point and me being like, <laughs> "I don't care." This is intense. <laughs> yeah, kind of don't care. But uh, yeah, a girl. The reason but... that I know her is because um, I, for whatever reason, started following the overly attached girlfriend. And she did like some cross and she's oh, like yeah. you know, really embedded in that YouTuber community. And so like she would occasionally do like crossovers with people like Brizzy Voices and stuff like that. Yeah, Fair. but that was fun. If you haven't seen that video, go check it out. And the third one, I guess this is both Mark and Christy news, but it's very much not Tim news. The game developer Bungie and publisher Activision are splitting up, uh, which is apparently very big in the gaming world. And it means that destiny will come entirely under Bungie's control. What does this mean, Mark? Oh, they're taking it right <laughs> over. I didn't see that. Basically means that Bungie can go back to Microsoft exclusively if they want to. Like, like they were the Halo uh, developer before. Oh, okay. For like the longest time. And then they went and like, kind of, I think I'm not sure how it worked exactly. Cause I assumed that like Microsoft owned them, but I guess not. Cause they went kind of independent and Activision bought them, I guess, mm-hmm. or they partnered with Activision to do destiny. But if they're like splitting the sheets, I don't know what that really means. Like, but if they're taking Destiny with them, that means they have like a, a steady income stream because that game's pretty popular and yeah. always has like online players on it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like based on the article I saw, which is on Kotaku, that Bungie was pretty fucking sick of dealing with Activision, so they're happy to sort of be free agents, so to speak, for the under. moment. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's cool. I mean, I guess Destiny's cool. I just, I, it's not, it's online, so it's a little bit outside my wheelhouse, although we will be talking about that a little bit later. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those, uh, it's, it, I'm sure it's just one of those massive sort of open worldy time sync kind of, or not necessarily open world, but like just massively expansive time sync kind of games where you just, it becomes your entire life. It does look like it, it is like that. So 
That's why I've avoided it for the most part. All right, here's Mark news. This is kind of rumory, but for anybody that's been following sort of the uh, drama surrounding the hosting of the Academy Awards this year, they'll know that the Academy Awards doesn't really have a host at the moment. And it's coming up not too far off. Uh, It's like February 24th, so a little over a month. Yeah. At this point, normally they would have the, the host announced, but they have been kind of quote-unquote, assembling some Avengers uh, for something. Nobody's really sure what, if they're going to have like a bit during the show or something like that. But some people are saying maybe they're just going to have it like group hosted by the Avengers cast, which would be fucking awesome. That would be pretty fuck. I would actually watch the Academy Awards if I actually do that. Yeah. So that's a good stunt to pull if you want me to actually tune into it because i hate watching the whole fucking ceremony like it's the most obnoxious thing <laughs> yeah i, I ever I, but well i i had watched it like year after year for a long time but I, I don't think i've watched it like the last like two or so years i think i've like downloaded it but never really actually sat down and watched it so. uh, yeah and now my question is like do you really get all of them to host it or do you really just get robert Downey jr to host <laughs> the fucking thing and have everybody else do well, i think parts, i think you right? get like, like the core avengers to like do the, yeah. the bulk of the hosting and then have you know like fucking like paul bettany and tom, tom holland. holland and and uh and karen gillen and stuff like that like just pop in and out kind of thing so yeah yeah i mean i'm, I'm all for it because like i love all those guys yeah. but I'm like, if you're going to have like RDJ there, you may as well just let RDJ be Tony Stark for the night and just go. To <laughs> well, town. if you're go to part town. of the reason they're having issues with hosts is because there has been some uh, sort of controversy about Kevin Hart. And I don't think you put Robert Downey Jr. in that seat if you're trying to avoid controversy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> although, although he has been very well behaved the last like decades. So like, yeah, I, I can see him pulling off. I, like, I mean, for entertainment value, that's what I want. But, yeah. you know. I don't know what they're going to do. Unless they're just going to randomly announce somebody like super lame. Who hosted last year? Uh, shit. Uh, Seth Meyers, I think. Maybe. Oh. Uh, Oscar host 2018 was, oh, Kimmel hosted last year. He's also said some fucking shitty shit in his past on uh, yeah. the radio shows and stuff like that. But They're fucking comedians. They've all said shitty shit in their past. Like, I don't understand why this is like a surprise to yeah. anybody when like a, a comedian from like the 80s or 90s yeah. has like Oh, he said something real fucking insensitive back in one in the old days. Yeah, they all did. Don't be surprised by this shit. When we we talked about this not too long ago in terms of like it's a matter of them taking ownership and being like, "Yeah, that was shitty. I shouldn't have said that. I've changed. I wouldn't say that today." That kind of thing. Yeah. Anyways, in other Marvel news, uh you want to talk about the Punisher trailer that dropped this week? It was a pretty fucking good trailer, was it not? Like did you watch the trailer? <laughs> I did. It looks fucking pretty insane. Uh, it, it also looks like kind of a road movie sort of situation. It so does like, kind of, doesn't it? Like Dutch meets the Punisher kind of thing. Hey, like he's got this younger, this younger uh, woman that's traveling with him. And I kind of hope that there's not going to be like a love interest thing there because she looks like probably about 20 years younger than the, he is. And that would be kind of creepy, but kind of hoping for more of a, like a Wolverine, like mentor or mentee. X-23, kind of relationship. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like something like that. That would be probably more up Frank's alley at this point in terms of, you know, real life relationships. Got to replace his daughter. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And it'd be great to have another one of these shows where like it's not revolving over like love interests and relationships and stuff like that. And it's more just like these people are in a shit situation and here's how they work together to get out of it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they used Alice in Chains is like they were marketing it directly to me. So, like, I don't know. (laughs) 
hey, Mark Ouellette in Milton, Ontario, you in particular, (laughs) this show was made specifically for you. Well, that's kind of felt like it was. Did you watch the trailer? It kind of felt like it was. It's like hyper violent. The Punisher says all the right Punisher things that I would want him to say. And then Alice in Chains starts playing. I was like, well, I'm kind of in for this, I guess, regardless. So, (laughs) yeah. That is kind of the joke with like Netflix in particular, just doing so many original series right now is that they're basically just trying to dial in on like individual people. It's like this show is made for you and you alone. Nobody else will watch it. This, that, like the way they, they market the Punisher show is very niche. You know what I mean? Like it's very, a very specific, like sliver of the comic book nerd audience is going to be like, I am fucking in for that. Like, yeah, in for it. And then everybody else can be like, that looks ridiculously violent and I don't want any part of yeah. it. So <laughs> I'm good with it. Um, speaking, of, speaking of that, that segues very much into my next news piece, which is also about the Punisher, which is some people that maybe admire the Punisher that probably shouldn't. So Jerry Conway, who is uh, one of the co-creators of the Punisher, came out this week and said that he finds sort of the fact that a lot of military personnel and law enforcement personnel sort of admire the Punisher and his techniques and stuff like that. He finds that very yeah. concerning. <laughs> I agree. Also agree. <laughs> so his actual, uh, I'll go ahead and say a statement. So the, the Punisher is supposed to indict the collapse of social moral authority and the reality. Some people can't depend on institutions like the police or the military to act in a just and capable way. The vigilante anti-hero is fundamentally a critique of the justice system an example of social failure. So when cops put Punisher skulls on their cars or members of the military wear Punisher skull patches, they're basically siding with an enemy of the system. They are embracing an outlaw mentality. Whether you think the Punisher is justified or not, whether you admire his code of ethics, he is an outlaw. He is a criminal. Police should not be embracing a criminal as their symbol. It goes without saying, in a way, it's as offensive as putting a Confederate flag on a government building. (laughs) Good job, Jerry Conway. <laughs> oh, Jerry Conway. <laughs> I mean, I could agree with him. So, like, I don't really know what else yeah, to say about it. I think it, that that like, kind of says it all is that really, I, yeah, I don't understand. It's it's like the people that fucking, like, consider themselves romantics and then hold up, like, Joker and the Harleys relationships as their relationship goals and shit like that. Hey, man, like, the, the, um, the ability for people to, like, what do you want to call it? Uh identify or cognitive dissonance oh, yeah well cognitive dissonance themselves into like whatever reality they want at this point yeah. like paul ryan's a big rage against the machine fan paul yeah. ryan <laughs> is a big rage against the machine fan the man basically stands for everything that that band stands against yeah. but he's a big fucking fan so like people can twist themselves into pretzels over a wide variety of things yeah. so that doesn't surprise me that that kind of news comes out and it always seems to be like it comes out of where you live more often than not, but we see the worst. <laughs> These of it, days, so. it sure does. Although, yeah. yeah, in non, I guess Disney sort of overseen uh, Marvel news, <laughs> the Venom movie is the Venom sequel is now apparently like actually moving forward, which is not that surprising. Have they, have they locked Tom Hardy down yet? Like, is he actually going to be in it? Like, <laughs> uh, I, I think, yeah, I think he's on board for it. I mean, he probably made a shit ton of movie money off it, and the fucking movie made like n- almost nine hundred million dollars worldwide. Fucking, just <laughs> like completely fucking flabbergasting. Like, I do not understand. <laughs> it really is just like just speak like such an indictment on the fucking mediocre taste of the viewing public. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, sad. 
so sad that movie. But they've got one, one of the screenwriters is uh, starting getting started on a screenplay for the next movie, apparently. So as of right now, it's going forward. Apparently we're gonna this is a franchise now. <laughs> oh good. Great. That's what that's what the world needed was Tom Hardy acting like an Adderall yeah. addict for two hours. Honestly, I feel like it's these guys that put the, these like uh cops that put the Punisher logo on their cars and shit like that. That's the audience for this fucking movie. To be fair, we both went and saw the fucking movie. You know <laughs> what I mean? Did. Like we paid money to see it, so we are part of the problem mm, here. Like I did, but I I, I regret it. <laughs> regret it? Yeah, so do I. There but wasn't like, anything else good at the, out good at the time. <laughs> I know. Now there is stuff out good, and I still just yeah. won't go see it. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> the Venom has me. broken you now. <laughs> me, actually. You think Spider-Verse sort of brought me back? Venom broke me pretty bad for live action stuff for, for a minute there. So Going back to Disney for a sec, this is a weird bit of news. So, John Lasseter, who left Disney and Pixar over based, well, yeah, allegations of sexual harassment that he, that he basically... Yeah fessed up to and said yeah i i admit i've probably made some female co-workers feel uncomfortable over the years it wasn't like louis ck i pulled my dick out in front of them sort of thing but it uh it was at least bad enough to get you canned from disney that doesn't take much these days so there is that this is true but now he's apparently been hired on by uh skydance media as their uh head of their animation branch skydance who the fuck is skydance even done Aren't they a um aren't they just like a like a conglomerate that like helps put movies out in China or something like that? I thought that, that was, that's what Skydance. See, Skydance Animation looks to be pretty new and doesn't have much so far under its belt. Yeah, their first one isn't due to come out until like twenty twenty one and it's a movie called Luck. But uh Skydance overall has done they were the people that produced Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, the Jack Reacher movie, Star Trek Into Darkness, a couple of the Jack Ryan things. Yeah, so Oh, so they're on like they're on like Team JJ Abrams. Then, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like. Annihilation is on here as well. I think that was also had something yeah. to do with Abrams, the most recent yeah. uh, Mission Impossible movie, Fallout. So which I think he still produces those movies. Like I think his bad robot's still involved with yeah. those somehow or another. So. Yeah. yeah there's a bunch of bad robot on here a bunch of paramount on here so interesting so it looks like that group is now looking to get into animation and that's what what uh john lasseter will be yeah i don't know about that i don't know i mean i mean he knows the business it's true what are you gonna do it's true it's just a matter of if they can distance themselves from the uh these accusations but yeah a movie that both Mark and I said we were pretty excited for this year has now come out and is not doing well. No. <laughs> Glass Glass is receiving middling reviews at best. It's receiving some pretty fucking scathing reviews and some that are like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I think I said in the chat, I would, I want to be surprised that he shit the bed on this one, but I'm not. Yeah. Because, like, he shits the bed a lot. You know what I mean? Like, he's been okay recently. And like some of those movies have been like decent the last little while, but like like Split was good. I enjoyed Split. Yeah, he she just I guess Glass will just have to be one of those like wait for Netflix things. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay to see a movie that's getting reviews like yeah, that. Exactly. I mean, uh, M Night Shyamalan is, I I would say hit or miss at best. I think he's maybe put out as many bombs as he has like really solid movies. So agreed. Guess overall he's probably on the positive side, but I don't know. I mean, like. He still has six cents on Unbreakable in his pocket. Like those are pretty good movies back in the day. Yeah. Has he done anything that good after that? Yeah. 
that's up for debate. I mean, I the thing is, I wanted this to be good. Like, I thought this could be a really cool, like, new sort of continuity, new universe that they could continue to play yeah. around in, kind of thing. But I, based on this, I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, I don't think it did very well at the box office this weekend either. Like, yeah. it wasn't polling very well. So, yeah. In another movie, news regarding another movie, I'm real fucking excited for. Denis Villeneuve's Dune has had a couple of uh, casting announcements this week. So Stellan Skarsgård, who our listeners will probably know as playing the professor character in the Thor movies, uh, was cast as Baron Harkonnen. I think that fucking casting is spot on. Yeah, that'll work for me. So I'm good. Yeah, so that sounds sounds real good. And then Dave Bautista has also been cast in that Dune movie. I'm not surprised by that at all. I think... It kind of sounds like Denis Villeneuve is kind of building himself a little uh, production posse, a little stable. Yeah, yeah. So I can see if I was if I was Dave Bautista right now and Guardians of the Galaxy was super up in the air, I'd be hitching my wagon to that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So there's me. no uh, there's no announcement of who Dave Bautista will be playing, but I think that given his presence, he, there's definitely roles in that world that he could that he could fill very well. Yeah. So. Exciting news. I'm yeah. be happy to see him in whatever he, they end up casting him as. I just can't wait for that fucking movie. I think I think it's got the potential to be absolutely amazing after what Villeneuve did with uh, with Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Oh yeah, agreed. Agreed. His follow-up was always going to be something like we were anticipating, though. So the yeah. fact that it's Dune is like, uh, that's a big kick in the pants, too. So yeah, that'll work. This is a uh, report, say, article, which we usually sort of shy away from. But in this case, I'm going to go into it because we've basically I don't think I think that there's probably some truth to this, that uh, Star Trek four looks like it might be shelved at this point. Yeah, I've heard similar rumors from uh, the Trek world that uh, Star Trek four is not looking like it's going to happen almost ever really at this point, like there's very little interest from Paramount at all in pursuing more movies in that particular franchise, which is, yeah, I, that's unfortunate. Like I kind of, I liked the last one a lot. So yeah, beyond was pretty good. Yeah. Like beyond was fine. And I don't know. I, I mean, discovery starts this week, I think. So mm-hmm. I guess we'll see how the TV shows like are holding up now, but I, I guess they're completely separate entities now. Cause it's CBS does the TV stuff and the movies are Paramount. Paramount so they don't really yeah. talk to each other at all. So yeah. But yeah, so again, this is not one that's like verified, like Paramount hasn't hasn't said anything officially out of this, but it could be one of those things that they're just trying to sort of quietly let die uh, because it has been very much like on again, off again. And there was some stuff last year, I think, about certain of the actors. Yeah, about uh, negotiations with certain of the actors sort of falling through and that kind of thing. So, yeah, because they were talking about getting Hemsworth and him matching how much pine was making and pine throwing a hissy fit or something. Was that the rumor we were getting? Something I think like that? so. It was something along those yeah. lines. Anyways, a battle of the yeah, Chris is too bad. <laughs> yeah. Battle of the Chris's the only Chris who's not in a Marvel movie. So I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's in uh, DC movies though. So, although there has been crossover between those, he's also in the spider verse. So this is true. Yeah. He's in a Marvel ultimate movie. Peter. Yeah. Yeah. But on top of sort of separate on the CBS side, uh, there is apparently going to be more animated Star Trek series. Yeah. So apparently there's going to be a sort of more kitty oriented animated series on top of Lower Decks show that is sort of more of uh, it's from from one of the Rick and Morty writers. Yeah. The head Rick and Morty writer. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know about that. The the plan right now, I think, is to have a Star Trek episode per week 
regardless of what series it is. So like whether it just, be this animated yeah. thing or the new Picard show or continuing discovery or whatever, like Jesus, that sounds do, like a lot. It's going to be a lot of star Trek. Like the, I think the point will be to like pick, like I'm not going to watch the kitty stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know how like adopted into Canon that stuff will be. So like, do I have to watch it kind of thing? But yeah. at the same time, like not super interested. I don't know. I'm excited for Discovery coming back, though. So yeah. I guess there's that. And that Picard show, like, God knows I'll watch that. So Yeah, hell yeah. And there's also apparently going to be more of the little short track vignettes coming as well. They also announced I that. I still got to watch that Harry Mudd one. So I downloaded it, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I haven't watched any of them yet. I need to watch those uh, in the upswing to season two of Discovery. Is that this week? Like, is it Sunday? I think it's this week, I right? I think so. Like, tomorrow, you mean? Or is it next week? Yeah, like tomorrow or like next, or is it next these, week? these dates mean nothing to our listeners because no, <laughs> who knows when this actually? Well, gets I'll cut this. I can I can cut this play, but uh, Star Trek Discovery season two is on January seventeenth, so next weekend. Yeah, next uh, next Saturday. Next Saturday, yeah. No, not cool. not Saturday. That's like Thursday. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. That's weird. I thought it was Sunday for some reason, but whatever. I'll take yeah. a new Star Trek and we'll get new Star Trek. I think last season the new episodes were dropping on Sundays. Huh. Yeah, that's that's why I was thinking Sunday, I think, because the Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Sunday night they would come out. Yeah. And uh finally in actual comic book news, not comic book movies or TV shows. Do you do comicsology at all? Is that where you get your digital comics or Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I get my my uh, that's how my subscription comes. Yeah. So uh, DC is joining their unlimited subscription now. So they had a bunch of sort of independent publishers and they had some Marvel stuff. And now DC is adding some of their like bigger titles to uh, and bigger and current current titles, including some Vertigo stuff to uh, their unlimited subscription. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I'll be much appreciated. I don't use the unlimited feature very much. I think I use comiXology mostly for the new stuff, yeah. but that would be cool to have like access to some back catalog. Like the, the fact that DC doesn't have a Marvel unlimited like solution really irritates the shit out of me. Sure they do. It's DC universe. I, can you get the comics on there? Yeah. Like the way Marvel unlimited works. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think it's available in Canada yet. So oh, okay. like I can get Marvel unlimited up here. I don't think DCU is available up here yet. Yeah. DC universe is I'm, I'm totally on board. Yeah. A DC universe membership includes, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like Marvel Unlimited, right? Like it's they're going to continually add stuff to it. So they started out with like a lot of the essentials and like their biggest storylines yeah. and that kind of thing. And a lot of the newer stuff. And then they're going to go back and just keep filling the back catalog, like sort of as people are demanding whatever kind of thing, because even cool. Marvel Unlimited now, like isn't doesn't have everything. It's getting better. Like it gets better every week, yeah. too. That's the one thing with Marvel Unlimited. It's got a lot. It's had a long runway to get to the point where that collection is. Mm-hmm pretty bad like i can't i can't remember the last time i went into marvel unlimited and searched for something that was like not new and was came up short like came up disappointing mm-hmm. so yeah because i've that services but when it started it sucked so like yeah. that's i'm totally fair with dc taking its time and getting these things scanned properly and like getting the interface working right and because like marvel unlimited had a ton of problems when it started too like it was super slow and like yeah i remember it was pretty glitchy and yeah yeah like halfway through the book and all of a sudden it just starts spinning and shit and like well i guess i'm not re- i gotta reboot the whole fucking thing to start reading again it sucked but yeah now like it works great now so they if dc takes a little while gets their shit together and has that kind of service i'm fine with that i didn't know that that was part of the 
DCU or whatever that thing is, the DC Universe. And the thing platform. with with DC, the DC Universe platform, uh, which we'll get to talking about soon, is that uh, it also has uh, shows and stuff like that, you know, animated and live action shows to really build up the user base, and then they can use that to get people hooked on more of the comics and stuff like that as well. So they, oh, I'm already paying for this, I might as well start reading some of these, and I think it's a smart way to do it. I wonder if they'll start tossing people like Marvel Unlimited subscriptions as part of Disney Plus to make up for the fact like that it's a separate service. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe there'll be an, an add-on option or something like that. I'd take it. Like if I was going to get both, like I already have Marvel Unlimited. Why would I not take both yeah. if I could get them in a package? See, the thing is, I've got Marvel Unlimited right now on the rare occasion that like I don't have a physical comic book with me or and I'm feeling like reading something. And so uh, I don't use it a lot, but I'm thinking you know i might like sort of compare what i'm sure there's some website out there that like has done a comparison of like this is what marvel unlimited has this is what comiXology unlimited has and see like if i could just do the comiXology unlimited one and that way i would have a bunch of dc stuff in there too and maybe wouldn't have to travel with as many fucking physical comic books as i tend to right now (laughs) well yeah if comiXology unlimited like i haven't really looked at it in depth like i know I, i signed up for it but i just haven't had a chance to like use it use it yet I have to go take a look at what they pull from Image and like Dark Horse and stuff because I know they pull from those two publishers, but it's hard to say yeah. what books exactly they pull. So. Yeah, but yeah, sounds like it could be worth yeah. it. Um, but that was everything that I had for nerdy news this week. Unless you had anything to add, not not pressing. We should be good. Right. In that case, we can move on to our Geek of the Week. Hey, you and, get your lonely, and lonely in silence. Uh, so longtime listeners will know this is the section of the podcast where we discuss the nerdiest things we've done in the past week or so. So Mark, what was your geek of the week? Well, I had a couple, uh, but like Christie's disappearance kind of turned one of them into our topic of the show. So <laughs> I can talk about the other thing. Um, I, I played Fortnite last weekend with my <laughs> like nephew. It was a flabbergasting experience. I should stop saying flabbergasting. I use that word too much, but it was a, it was a trippy fucking experience to be bossed around by a nine-year-old in a game that I have no fucking like clue how to play at all. So you're like so. playing co-op on a team with him kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. We like we did duos for a little while while I kind of got my like feel for the controls again, which did not last very long, but Yeah. Yeah. Playing playing online with a bunch of it's like these kids are good. Like they're so fucking good at it. This kid's like nine and he was schooling me on how to play. He's like, you should have this <laughs> weapon and do this and blah blah. I was like, holy shit. How does this work? <laughs> what are you but, playing uh, on? Uh, I play well. He's like we. They just bought him a PlayStation Four, so he's mm-hmm. playing on PlayStation. And I, since I can, you can play Fortnite from basic. You can cross play Fortnite from any device you want. Awesome. For simplicity's sake, I just had it on my PS4 Pro, so I we hooked up on uh, the PlayStation Network and played that way. Mm-hmm. But you could play that game. Like I could have like gone on my Xbox One X and like played that way too if I wanted to. But you can like play it from like phones and tablets and shit, can't you? Yeah, you you could you could I could have downloaded an iOS too and played it that way if I wanted to. You can play it on PC. You can play it anywhere if you want. It's just and when you're and when you're playing on like on like iOS or something like that, you're still playing against people that are playing on like consoles. Yep. Yeah. That's it's complete. Like you could you, the option is there to like like only play against like the same platform as you or like the limit the platforms that you play on. But yeah, like, okay. By default, yeah, you can play against basically anybody. So like, there's PC gamers who are mouse and keyboarding, taking on yeah. console people who are just controllering and just fucking killing us because like, mouse keyboard like, to, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah basically. you can target so much faster and yeah. So like, yeah. it's uh, it's sometimes it gets a little hairy when you're when you're playing like that. But uh, I don't know, it was fun. Like I had a good time. It would be it was just weird 
it's just really strange to have like a nine-year-old bossing me around, first of all, or <laughs> that my cousin's kids are now to the point where they're like playing the same like console kind of generation I am and like yeah. wanting to play with me and stuff like that. Cause like he was like, you have to buy NHL 19 so we can play together. And I was like, I fucking don't care about hockey games. Yeah, I give all. no shit. Like I give if you no want to play it, play it with me. You buy me a copy. Yeah. Nine-year-old so, like, nephew. I, it was on it was on sale <laughs> on the PlayStation store. So my cousin was like, just fucking buy the game and we'll figure it out how to play. I'm like, all right. It was like 20 bucks. So I bought it. I started playing it the other day just to like practice. So that if he did want to play, I could I would be at least know the controls. And I was like, not this fucking, garbage. Yeah, this is fucking I sucked. Like it was completely I haven't played one of these games since 1994. Like that was yeah. like I was playing the Genesis versions and stuff back then. Yeah. Like the ones on the the new Xbox and the new PlayStation. They are very, very detailed and they look great, but I do not know what the fuck I'm doing in those games, nor do I care that much because yeah, exactly. I just want to play Red Dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now I got this kid who's like, hey, you want to play co-op games with me? I'm like, no, I want to play my single player Spider-Man game. God damn it. Like, why? <laughs> why do I have friends that want to play with me? That's not what I want. That's not what I, I do play games so I don't have to deal with other people. Yeah, basically, I want to be alone. <laughs> That's why I'm playing games. Yeah. Uh, so but i mean it was it was a, it was an interesting experience it was a new life experience for me so i was like this is kind of it was fun we had a good time and i could hear his dad chirping him in the background and shit like that the same way he would chirp us when we were playing video games like it was <laughs> it was pretty good pretty good someday i'll i'll try it and i'll get owned and really frustrated and then never pick it up again i'm sure hey, i i've been i i keep pretty up to like i'm not like a hardcore gamer they're like christy or mark are like i'm not constantly playing games but like i'm pretty okay at keeping up with this stuff and i just got fucking plastered against the wall a couple times so yeah you'll you'll get smoked it's pretty funny all right my geek of the week this week uh, as i mentioned earlier i was in dc last weekend and uh, all the smithsonian and federal museums uh, the nationally run museums were closed because of the fucking government shutdown so i went and did something i probably wouldn't have done otherwise but ended up being pretty cool uh, i went to a journalism museum which has a punny name that i wasn't too happy about it's called the newseum but uh <laughs> yeah but uh, it actually was really cool. Like I spent probably a good like four and a half hours in it, and prob and the tickets they give you are good for two days, and I can see why because there's a ton of fucking yeah. shit in there. So it's got like just you know segments on like sort of the history history of journalism in in America and sort of world journalism as well, uh, like sort of stuff about what press is like in other parts of the world like what parts of the world have free press what have state-run press that kind of thing they had a really interesting exhibit on uh fbi investigations including a bunch of well they had like a bunch of shit from the unabomber investigation a bunch of shit from 9-11 like you know bits and yeah. pieces of the towers and like the engines from the planes and shit like that for anybody who remembers about 15 years ago like more than that there was a, an attempted bombing in Times Square that didn't happen, and they had the actual like vehicle that they were tempted to bomb with and shit like that. So, oh yeah, yeah, it was like two thousand and two or something like that. Two thousand two, two thousand three, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was pretty interesting. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and and uh, they that's like it, real like, nerdy, like real yeah. nerdy, cool. Though, you know what I mean, like that's very that's like you and me nerdy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and in in the uh, section on like sort of history of journalism and stuff. They had a little section on like satirical news that had some stuff on like uh, SNL and daily right. show and Colbert. And they actually had Colbert's on notice board. 
Oh, I remember. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You sent <laughs> us a picture of it, or you posted it on Facebook or something. Uh, like yeah. That. Yeah. I had a nice little nostalgia flutter when I saw that. I missed that. Uh, I yeah. missed that show in particular right now for some <laughs> reason. I don't know. And uh, and they had uh, one of the original um, Weekend Update signs back from like the Chevy Chase era. Oh, nice. on it. Wow. Yeah, of uh, Weekend Update. So it was it was a pretty cool experience. I would definitely go back. They have like some rotating uh, exhibits and stuff like that. They had a huge. They had the largest segment of the Berlin Wall that's outside Germany. Oh, really? It's pretty cool. cool to see. And yeah, so it was interesting. And very fucking nerdy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's a particular rabbit hole to go down too. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So now we've done our geek of the week. We can move on to our meat of the episode. Teenage superhero meat. Wow, lonely stings. Poor Tim. I feel really bad. <laughs> I'm still not helping you, but like I feel bad. I know. I know. Listeners, you you'll have to like fill in. Like you can do like the crispy bits of the sting. <laughs> yeah, for yourself. Just rewind <laughs> yeah. and start again. You know what's coming. Yeah. You know what's coming. So as we sort of alluded to earlier, since Christy is not around this week, we kind of had to uh do a quick switch in terms of what we we're gonna talk about. So uh a couple of weeks ago I geek credited uh the Titan series, which is on DC's uh streaming service, DC Universe. And Netflix in Canada now, if you're super okay. curious. So Mark and I have both watched through the whole first season now. And uh, so we're going to sit down and have a little chat about that. A little bit of history on this series. So it was, has been in, had been in development for years and years. It was one of those series that yeah. you just kept hearing like, oh yeah, this is still happening, but nothing ever came of it um, to the point where like Mark and I think we're both pretty doubtful it was ever going to actually happen and i remember specifically talking on the podcast about it never happening yeah. just because like they'd been talking about it for so long at that point that i was like this is never gonna happen yeah. ever ever <laughs> ever 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 and uh yeah. guess what <laughs> i was wrong but it, it's i mean literally has been in planning and in discussion since before we started the podcast like two and a half years ago yeah so it was originally being developed for uh tnt uh in like 2014 and uh, then TNT eventually said they weren't going to be moving forward with it anymore. And then it was right around the time that DC was starting to develop their own like streaming platform and sort of multimedia service, which we Mark and I just sort of talked about, and that has like comic books and TV shows and stuff like that, um, both old old TV, DC shows as well as new content. And uh, so they said, hey, why don't we just pick this up and put it on our streaming service? You know, there's obviously been some development stuff on it already. Uh, so it is led, uh, the, the actual version that came to air was led by uh, Kiva Goldsman, who's a pretty massive producer, does a lot of adaptations and stuff. Also responsible for Batman and Robin, which was why I was leery. I just want to point this out. He wrote that piece of shit. <laughs> let's 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 blame that on That's Schumacher. Hey man, not on uh... he wrote the script. Like he's the one who wrote those puns. So like he's a guilty party. So yeah. Well, he's he he was the first person attached to it, but later on they picked up uh, Jeff Johns, legendary DC writer, and now um you know involved pretty Greg heavily. Lanty also yeah. is on there too, which was really weird to me because like the tone from what he does on CW versus the tone in here is like yeah. night and goddamn day. Yeah, so. Greg, Greg Berlanti being the one that's uh, primarily responsible for all those quote-unquote flare-over shows, Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl. And yes, as Mark said, this show has a very different tone than a lot of those. I mean, I guess there are maybe some parts of Arrow 
that have gotten close to Titans. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I guess early Arrow kind of had some of this, this flavor to it. It's usually like the alternate universe stuff that mm-hmm. feels like this feels like one of those alternate universe shows all the time. Like it's it that does. super dark world that you're in kind of thing that you just happen to whatever, like it's a dream world or whatever, which we'll get into eventually yeah. also. <laughs> yeah. Because that's like the darkest dream world I've ever been in at that point. But yeah. So yeah, in, t- in terms of tone, this Titan series is is very different than anything we've seen from DC in a TV show before, and different from most, if not all, of the Marvel stuff as well. So I think because it's more fantastical, it feels a little bit more different. Like the the Netflix shows, like while grim, like they yeah. don't lean into like the splatter happiness that this show does, and they're also not I mean, not as much, I guess, probably. And then like, and they're a little more grounded in reality. Like yeah. this is going a little bit more into like the sci-fi, like sort of supernatural power sets than you get yeah. in the the Marvel Netflix series. Yeah, because you're getting like what at best like a, a very toned down Iron Fist in those shows who has like actual powers, and everybody else is pretty much just like an enhanced human or just like a badass normal kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like this show's like we're introduced to a badass normal who was then thrown into the deep end of superpowers all over the place. Yeah, so. and that's one of the cool things I like about Titans is is that it is very much like that lived in superhero world. Like these are second generation yeah. heroes. Um, we're not seeing really the first generation, which I'd like to see no more about sort of what's go- gone on in that tier of stuff. But I'm also kind of okay with just being thrown into this, like here heroes have been around for age, you know, for a while now in this world. And uh, there's, you know, people that are trying to emulate that. And these are a lot of like, uh, in some cases like sidekicks, well, it's it's weird because the Titan series doesn't really grab from any one comic book run. It seems to be sort of piecemealed together from a bunch of different runs. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm okay with that. I, I don't think that it yeah, has I, to. No, I don't think. I think if you're going to do, I mean, like the Marvel shows never did either, right? Like most of the, the like even season three of Daredevil, which we praised glowingly, mm-hmm. uh, had like a kind of a patchwork yeah uh, story arc from various bits and pieces of the comics and stuff like that and that works perfectly if you do it right and for the most part titans does do it right like it's a good show for like overall it just needs to like it was like balancing the tone i think was probably its biggest problem mm-hmm. they get there kind of by the end but like the first couple episodes are like what is fucking happening here this is like edge yeah. or dc <laughs> content just kind of yeah so oh. for or for any of our listeners i mean uh that that aren't familiar with how we sort of review stuff we are going to spoil shit so <laughs> be forewarned yeah, spoiler if, you alert. Wanna, if you don't want to be spoiled turn this off now but uh yeah i mean we're thrown into the deep end of this world in a pretty fucking dark way like you get thrown into this dick race and this become like really disillusioned has moved to detroit from detroit, gotham yeah they they they, have, they don't do use bloodhaven which is interesting but they go for the real world detroit yeah so which is about as close to like a real world bloodhaven as you can kind of get these <laughs> yeah. days so i guess kind of works out yeah uh, and uh and he's become a cop and is basically like uh i mean anybody that saw the trailer for the show saw dick Grayson robin saying fuck batman and that's yeah pretty much where he's at like he's he's broken ties with batman he's like trying to go do his own thing i just thought it was interesting that they had moved him that far away and he hadn't switched identities yet like that was my big takeaways so that he hadn't moved on to nightwing yet yeah I, and the comics if i remember correctly he was nightwing when batman picked up another robin kind of thing it's so. uh, i mean i've never gone back and read because i mean that that switch over to from dick grayson being nightwing like dick's been nightwing for 
fucking almost 40 fucking years 25 now. 25 years. Yeah, he's been Nightwing forever. Yeah, man. like well, since, he was in the 70s, since right? yeah, yeah, since like the late late or since like early 80s, I guess. So 35 yeah. years. Almost as long yeah. as we've been alive, Dick Grayson has not been Robin. Yeah, like I don't really think of Dick Grayson ever as Robin anymore. Like he's been Nightwing for so fucking long. Yeah. Like if unless it's like a year one story, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get Dick Grayson Robin, I guess, which Yeah. Yay, but like Yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting take on it for me because it was like he's been robin for a while it feels like by the time they get to the show yeah exactly so. i mean this is like he's gotta be i mean he's a fucking detective in a police department like you feel like he's gotta be like early 20s like he's gotta be like well it's like his actors late 20s so like i don't know how far away they are getting from like who yeah. the actors are like how he how the actors ages are but like he's gotta be at least mid to late 20s like yeah like mid 20s probably yeah yeah to be a detective like especially yeah you'd think and it's not like he went like right to the academy he was obviously fucking around with batman a lot so like he must have had to go and do the schooling you need to do to do mm-hmm. be a cop or whatever unless he lied which i mean i guess whatever yeah <laughs> like, it's impossible to tell so they don't really tell us that he's a pretty cavalier cop like he's just disappears on vacation yeah. <laughs> doesn't really tell anybody what the fuck's going on partner like shit his smoking hot partner by the way yeah like shit so this is definitely a comic book world like where you know you're you have to suspend disbelief quite a bit in terms of mm. you know it's not like, like police procedure and shit like that kind of goes out the fucking <laughs> yeah, window exactly. real fast here so yeah but i mean you have to do that with with any of like the um dccw well, shows yeah, okay. and that kind of thing too so yeah, but I mean, Which did we mention? I don't think I mentioned that I watched the the fucking annual or whatever oh, you the crossover, call it, the stupid crossover. Yeah, like I did watch that crossover. I don't, that that's what actually kind of got me to watch Titans because I I had a good time with the crossover and was like, oh, that was fun. I remember when those shows were like fun. Yeah, like that's what I like about those shows. What's Titans like? Because Tim had been harping on it, and I was like, I'll watch it. I'll try it. I'll try <laughs> it. Yeah. And then I kind of got hooked a little bit into certain aspects of it. You burned through it pretty quickly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have a lot going on right now, so like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's either that or Red Dead. So yeah, what do you do? I can kind of do both. I'm just sitting there like grinding shit. Yeah, yeah, you can put on put a TV on the show side. on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other, so the other sort of uh, major cast members on Titans. It's an, it is a pretty classic lineup of the Titans, although it's missing a couple keys. It feels like the the Wolfman, like the old Marv Wolfman run, like the yeah. 80s. Like that's the team feels like kind of, but even it's obviously missing. Like we can get through who it's missing, but like the it's big two to me were no speedy. Flash, no Cyborg. Yeah. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. I guess there's no. Yeah. So except the Arsenal, right? Yeah. So for those of our listeners not really familiar with uh, the Titans as a team, they originally came around in like the late 70s, early 80s as like a team, as a second generation hero team. Like all, it was basically all mm-hmm. sidekicks. It was uh, Dick Grayson, who I think started as Robin, but it bent pretty quickly became yeah. Nightwing. I think the first time he actually wore the Nightwing suit is in Titans, too. Like, I don't I think he wore it before that. I think you're right, because there wasn't like a Nightwing title for No, years, he was not really actively until the in 90s. Detective or Batman at that point, So because yeah. he had left, right? So he was mainly in Titans. Yeah. Kid Flash, who was Wally West. Speedy, later Arsenal, who was uh, Roy Harper, who was uh, Green Arrow's sidekick. Aqualad. Oh, that's right. Aqualad. I always forget <laughs> about Aqualad. Kind of like how I always forget about Aquaman or just won't go see the movie or whatever. Stuff. <laughs> and uh, and Donna Troy uh, were sort of that core. And then not not long after that, we get the other three major characters in this series uh, who are uh, Beast Boy, Raven, and Starfire. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's but they're very different takes on those characters. You've got like a 
a young mystic in Raven. You've got, well, Beast Boy's pretty true to form, except he can only turn into a tiger so far in this series. I did hear other animals at the end. So, like, yeah. I'm sure they're hinting at stuff for next year. They probably just didn't want to, like, rip their effects budget to shreds this year. It didn't look like they spent a ton of money on this, like, show. Like, yeah. it was it was well done for what they did, but you could tell there wasn't, like, a fortune spent on it. Yeah, so. yeah, it's true. And then uh, and then Starfire is uh, is an alien who basically has, like, sol- she's basically solar-powered and has, like, energy blast powers and that kind of thing. Yeah. But that was, like... I like the chemistry between those core four. It works pretty well, I think, overall. The only one I found kind of stood out to me was Gar, based like like Beast Boy, because for some reason he felt like they tried to make him as angsty as everybody else. Like mm. everybody else felt like they had a real problem going on, whereas they kind of created it for him during the show, like when after he has his first kill. Yeah, true. Like that's when he starts to feel like traumatized. Like, but until then, he seems pretty happy go lucky, which was kind of at odds with how raven and dick especially were at that point yeah well he's he is always sort of the the comedy beat the comic relief relief, of of the team and i think they're trying to do that here but i agree i think i think there's still a little bit of that uh interrelationship they need to uh to pin down a little bit better yeah yeah and then uh, but i i think part he is part supposed to sort of feel out of place because he has already been part of a different team and already had sort of that team dynamic. So there is yeah, that, yeah. that Doom Patrol episode where you get like, so the Doom Patrol is another DC team, longstanding DC team that's had a lot of different iterations. Uh, but this, they're sort of kind of what it sounds like. They're a bunch of people that are just sort of misfits and outcasts that find the, find each other and sort of become their own sort of weird little disjointed family. Family unit. Yeah. yeah. They're very much like they're DC's Fantastic Four in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, especially with the way they tell the stories and stuff like that. They tend to be like that, exploring the fantastic and like getting into the weird side of shit, which is very much the Fantastic Four's yeah. purview on the Marvel side. This is the Doom Patrols thing yeah. on the, uh, in the DC universe. So. Yeah, absolutely. And like that episode was like probably my, like early going. That was my favorite episode of the show. Yeah. By a long shot. Cause it was just so cool. And like I liked, I actually liked the characters in the doom patrol immediately yeah. except for like there's a couple that i was like yeah this is hit or miss but like because the chief's not great but yeah. like the rest of it i was like man i like all these characters are they only around for one episode yeah that sucks yeah. all right <laughs> when's this show start when's this show start because i don't watch that show now starts next month because it's like super stealth pilot like it's not i mean stealth pilot not very <laughs> yeah. stealthy it's not at all back door front show. front door pilot basically <laughs> yeah basically basically just like, reach down in the fucking pants of the show and show you it's yeah. so like <laughs> But it was too late. We saw it all at that point. Yeah, I mean, I had my doubts about the Doom Patrol because it seems like a difficult team to get the tone right for TV. But it sounds it feels like they really have. I felt like it on that episode. Like I kind of I enjoyed the team dynamic on everything that was going on. Like Brendan Fraser as Robot Man. I was like, what the fuck? But it like worked really well. And the the costume and everything they've got for him and the like mask and everything works pretty solidly. And like, I like that they're they're not trying to make him into like a human just like just with like prosthetics or something like that like he's basically yeah is just a fucking legit robot not some like super advanced like cyborg or some shit like that like his mouth doesn't fucking move when he talks yeah he doesn't look like the vision it's like paul bettany's like it's just paul bettany under makeup yeah yeah so like he looks he looks pretty good yeah like i like that chunky aspect to it it's very like kind of steampunky almost looking it's it's 
don't know. It's a good look. Like they, they've got a good look for everybody so far. Yeah, so. and it helps to give that idea. Like that robot man character has historically been very much a like this is just a human brain that's basically trapped in a robot body. Like he doesn't really want to be, but this is the only way that he can exist, kind of thing. And yeah, and so I think that they've really nailed that aspect of the character. And then back on the and yeah you were talking about uh, the chief who's sort of the the guy that brings the doom patrol together although we haven't really seen necessarily we we kind of got dumped into the middle of them too which i thought was yeah. i thought was a good way to do it you know they didn't give us like an origin story for them or anything really you get like bits of pieces through their conversations but yeah i'm sure we'll get more once we get to the actual show they got to fill up 12 episodes somehow they got to show us how all these people yeah. became freak shows somehow but then the the chief Niles Caller, who's the guy that sort of brings them all together, was the guy playing him in the Doom Patrol episode was easily the weakest part of that episode. But the good news is they've recast him for the show and it's fucking James A James Bond. Yeah, like the weak James Bond. Yeah. You know, it's A James Bond. <laughs> they've got Timothy Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> still still I'll take Timothy Dalton. Yeah, I think I think he's a much better casting for the chief. Well, he's much more charismatic. I'd be much more interested in watching that guy act mm-hmm. than I am watching whoever that other dude was. Like, he was Bruno, fine, but, like, Bruno Beecher. nothing special. Yeah. Yeah, I never heard of him. But, like, he was fine, but, like, nothing special. Whereas, like, Timothy Dalton, even if he just sits there and chews the scenery, yeah. um, this is probably going to be way more entertaining than what we were getting there. Yeah, so. exactly. The one thing that this, or one big thing this uh, show did for me is got me real fucking pumped for that uh, Doom Patrol series. Yeah, yeah, like we were talking about that. Like that was the one I was the most interested in, and then like that episode, I was like, "Yep," and yeah. then like I'll watch that show. Yeah, so that's kind of uh, cool. But it's also so the uh, going back to Titans itself also dipped into a few different, brought in a few different sort of peripheral DC characters, and that's one thing I always loved when the uh, CW shows would do, and I've been really enjoying yeah. it here too. So the big two sort of peripheral characters in this season are uh, Hawk and Dove. Yeah, I thought they did a pretty good pretty solid job on them overall i'm not super like up on my hawk and dove lore so like i was i was just like oh yeah i know i'm aware of who hawk and dove are like i know that there are characters in the dc universe i've never read a story that probably actually involved them (laughs) i mean they're like d-list characters at best (laughs) yeah 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 i remember i remember like a big like who the fuck had a book was it rob liefeld had a hawk in the 90s book for a little while i have it but i've never read it yeah i remember that being like I remember that being like a like a big deal. Like it was a I don't know if it was a popular book or not, but just the fact that Rob Liefeld would take these two characters of all yeah. people, and I was like, that's basically what he should be working on. But okay, <laughs> that's fine. So I don't really have like a ton of context for them. I enjoyed what I saw though. Like I was a good like they did a good job of like introducing the characters and then like kind of reintroducing the characters later on and like giving you like the whole backstory of like what was going on. And is that comic accurate? Like I wasn't. I. It, they're also characters I don't have a huge. I kind of have a blind spot for as well. I've never read. I've never read that Liefeld series. Um, I've read bits and pieces, mostly. So they sometimes end up in like the big sort of uh, crossover stories because at one point they, I think they've always kind of been agents of uh, like Hawks an agent of chaos and Dawn's an agent of order. So oh, okay, is this like a magic thing? Kind of yeah. Uh, yeah um and so that's why they work against work well against each other is because they are you know they temper each other is that is this like are they basically are they dc's uh cloak and dagger is what you're trying to tell me cloak and dagger so maybe yeah (laughs) yeah well that was that other show that we never watched either the one that was on freeform yeah it did come out and i never i never (laughs) sat down and watched it someday 
felt real like young adult and i was just like i'm not down with this right yeah. now so yeah well that's i mean this show i i kind of had that concern that it was going to feel real young adulty but in the end i think i think there is some stuff that's in there for that crowd but i think it's also trying to appeal to you know like guys like our age that grew up with these characters kind of thing yeah and want a little bit of an edgier take yeah. on them because it felt if, like my one takeaway and i'm not even really saying this is a negative it's just an observation is like it felt like a 90s take on these characters like everything was a little bit edgier yeah. than it had been in the last little while in the comics it reminded me of the stuff i was reading in the 90s where like you have this super angry batman yeah or, like you know dick grayson who's like fuck batman yeah. blah, blah, blah. like that's not shit you would see like now probably in the mainline books but in the 90s everybody got a little bit of like that attitude adjustment yeah. kind of thing. I'm not John Cena shouting out at all right there, but <laughs> everybody seemed to have a little bit more of an edge to them. So this, this show felt like that a little bit. Like it was very, I said it twice cause I was stoned while I was watching it, but like Frank Miller esque was yeah. the direction. <laughs> I think I mentioned a couple of times, especially the Robin stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the Robin stuff is very like the, the way they kind of characterize Batman is just like a little bit off the way the Frank Miller, like super obsessive version of Batman mm-hmm. gets played. And I could see that Robin being like existing in that world. So that's kind of how this character, like everything kind of felt to me was like, I don't want to say all-star Batman and Robin, but like kind of like all-star Batman and Robin, like, like the sequel series to that kind of thing. So, yeah. And I think, well, while we're talking about that and sort of, it was pretty graphic. I thought that, I think tonally it does. That is one thing that sort of helps it to set itself apart but also i think i feel like the fight choreography was a step above the dccw stuff on this it wasn't maybe the same level as the marvel netflix stuff but it was definitely better it felt yeah it felt like the the mediocre marvel netflix stuff like not like the really good daredevil fights yeah. that you get but like when you got good fights in defenders yeah, yeah. or like luke cage and stuff like that when their things were coordinated properly it felt like that like it was much better record yeah the fight coordination was way better than anything we got on the mm-hmm. cw like especially the last couple of years as that has gone way downhill on yeah. those shows. But yeah. uh, I was enjoying like everything looked pretty good on this show. I was taken aback because they, they make mention that like he never killed anybody, but like he hit people in the head with a pipe. <laughs> like, well, it's the same way that like, you know, you you, you, throw say, somebody Bat- off a roof you say Batman's survive. yeah, you say Batman's never killed anybody like Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> how the guys he thrown off roofs accidentally, like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah. Like that guy just fell after I hit him. I didn't mean that to happen, but yeah, like, it's like, or the du- dude died like three days later of like a brain, like a blood clot in the brain or some shit kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like Batman gave him a massive brain hemorrhage. Yeah. Cause he's fucking hammered his head in <laughs> concrete or some shit <laughs> yeah, like that from a exactly. story up. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not arguing with that. It's just, it, sometimes the violence, I was like, this is like an extreme level of violence. And for a bunch of characters that usually are characterized as not killing, it felt really heavy kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I agree. Well, what was your feeling while we're talking about people sort of losing control a bit on the uh, Robin fights, the Jason Todd versus uh, Dick Grayson bits? I was fine. Like, I actually kind of liked the way they characterized Jason Todd in that he was like not as obnoxious as the char- the comic book character that I remember reading, like right before yeah. they killed the little fucker. So <laughs> I was I was happy with the way they got Jason Todd. Some of the fights I was like, I you eventually kind of can't tell who's who, especially when yeah. they have both. They had the, like the one episode where they both had the suit on. I was the like, I costumes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really, you should probably should have switched into Nightwing before you did this fight, so that like I could tell what the fuck was happening. Because as soon as they start crouching, like the height differential goes away, and you're like, I don't know which one's which. Yeah, I gotta watch their hair and shit. No, this is not. No, no, you're not doing this right, guys. Slow this down a little bit. I can't tell what's happening, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was cool that they brought Jason Todd in, and he wasn't a shitty version of Jason Todd. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, again, like we're getting more sort of these deep cuts. Like this is a series that is made for people that know some of the, maybe not all, but some of the history of DC, which I, I love that sort of, like I love the like call outs and stuff like that. And they were like mentioning sort of offhandedly mentioning other characters and shit like that too. Which does bring like, it did give me that, that did bring me some problems later on. But like, yeah, I did like the fact that like Dove's wandering around in just a Superman shirt, which. Yeah, with Minka Kelly, I'm fine with that. So that's cool. <laughs> and then like they mentioned Superman a couple times, and like you obviously get the name drop of Wonder Woman with like Donna with Donna like, Troy. Yeah, I love the Donna Troy stuff. That that character. Yeah, she was great. That actress is awesome too. Yeah, they've 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 yeah. done a great job on her. Um, and I like having having these people that have sort of left the life kind of thing, and now are getting pulled back in here and there kind of thing. And it feels yeah. it, fe- it definitely. I it, yeah, it's just more of that like having this really lived in feeling world that you know you get dick don't being like fuck i'm out of my depth i need to go get help from one of my friends kind of thing and i can't go to batman yeah. but i can go to donna yeah which i liked a lot the fact that they had that relationship that kind of went through and it, like i don't know if that's i don't remember that relationship being that tight in the comics i don't remember like the two of them being like match paired like that like super best friends or whatever because i remember yeah. he seems to be tighter with wally at one point right like that was kind of the I have that kind I've, of a combination. I've got a bunch those of those. Again. I've got a bunch of those Titans uh, issues sitting unread, part in part because half the run was fucking stolen when my storage unit was broken into, like fucking five or oh, six years ago. At this point, okay. so I need to, I need to replace the latter half of the run before I can actually, oh. yeah, before I can actually sit down and read those. Yeah, I read that classic run like a long time ago, so it's been a long time since I like. So I don't like the team dynamic is a little lost on me. Yeah. Here and there so but i mean that stuff is i would be surprised if they haven't put a lot of titan stuff onto that dc universe comic book service the comic book side of that service so yeah. i might be able to just pull it off there and read it on my tablet or something there you go that's an option i guess i could do something like that too i could find it on comiXology if i wanted to and reread it but well, what about the villains in this season i i was really happy with that nuclear family which is a long-standing dc like he, or villain team kind of thing okay i was gonna ask you about that if that was like a dc thing because i i was never aware of them i thought it was a, like it was a good gimmick i liked the gimmick that they had like being like the brady bunch that kills together kind of thing was yeah like it worked totally for the show very well like it yeah was just like exactly. really throw everything in like left field and then throw it in the blender afterwards because I liked that a lot. And they were really fucking creepy in some spots too. Especially like the yeah, they were. characters were like terrifying. The yeah. sun too. The sun just looked like that kid looked like he had a future in like crime, yeah. basically. So Yeah, it let's see. I think that they were they supposed to be robots originally. And he was there they started out in like the eighties and had been like perennial villains of the outsiders and uh yeah. and Firestorm and couple of other and they they have like featured in a couple of crossovers and stuff like that over the years too but yeah i agree i think just as sort of like enforcer kind of characters that yeah. they they worked pretty well in this season behind like this you know basically secret society that's trying to get a hold of raven and shit like that and and another thing i thought they did pretty well is that they one they didn't like sit down and give us like long drawn out origin stories right at the start for everybody they sort of gave us bits and pieces throughout the season you know, because I think we're at the point where we don't need like a half hour of everybody's origin kind of thing. Yeah, like I know how Robin became Robin. Like I don't need to be like walking down memory lane again on that yeah. one for an hour. So thank but even, you. For doing yeah. that. <laughs> but even the characters that people are like uh, are less familiar with, 
we know at least the archetypes of them at this point well enough because comic book culture and comic book stories are so mainstream now that you can at least yeah. look at that character and be like, oh, okay, like that's the alien that's on earth for whatever reason. Like that's the sort of more like supernatural, like witchy kind of character. And yeah. that's the shapeshifter. Okay. I got it done. I'm on board. Yeah. And that's Batman jr. So we're good to go. I understand yeah. <laughs> how the Titans work now. We're good yeah. to go. <laughs> and then, well, do you want to talk about, uh, since you're talking about Batman jr. Didn't want to talk about that last episode where we actually did get a very little bit of Batman. We did get a little bit of Batman, which is like a big deal for TV because like yeah. Batman is verboten on TV. Like I know we have a Superman over on the CW now, but like you do not get Bat- you can mention him mm-hmm. kind of for the longest time. That was the rule. The fact that we actually got a couple times they showed Batman on screen. I mean, they didn't talk much or, you know, do yeah. anything except for beat the shit out of everybody around <laughs> him. Yeah, he fucking I mean, let's be fair. They did get around like it being a real Batman because it's like you know, in, in Dream Batman, yeah, it's like a internal psyche battle for Dick Grayson kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, that version of Bruce that Dick had cooked up in his brain was pretty fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty savage. So I was like, this is pretty, it's a little bit more intense than my usual Batman that I was expecting. But okay, he is cutting throats open and shit. But yeah, I was on board for that episode. Like, Killing cops cool. and Just shit. and Throw the Joker off a fucking roof oh, and fuck. stuff and then stab them to death. That was like, the other one, like a fucking him. Joker on TV. Yeah, a Joker on TV. Like, like the full-blown Joker, not just like the watered-down version they're trying to do on Gotham. Yeah, that, I don't know about that one, but that's... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was like full-on Joker. He had even had a line, like the whole bit. I was impressed. Like, yeah. wow, that like, the Joker speak. Batman had a line. I was like, wow, everybody's got lines in this? Like, yeah. are we opening the fucking floodgates a little bit? Maybe is there a Batman TV show we can do down the road? Please, dear God. I mean, if that's a tease... Of what they're going to get into in the second season is bringing in more of those, you know, uh, tier one first gen sort of uh, superheroes. Then fuck, I'm all for yeah, it. Does that does that mean we get another fucking Wonder Woman and Superman? Because they've mentioned them by name. Yeah. We recast those guys. Right. Yeah, we can start getting like Green Lanterns and like maybe Hawk yeah. people and that kind of thing. They've been hinting that one of the alternate Earths, I think the Diggle on an alternate Earth is Jon Stewart. So they're hinting yeah. that eventually we're going to get that guy playing like a Green Lantern, probably in a crossover, like one off thing. Yeah. But they keep making mention of that. And I'm like, just just pull the fucking it. trigger and do a goddamn Green Lantern. John Stewart's the perfect one to do. Just do it. We've been saying this for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there, there was a little bit of talk uh, this past week about a uh, re some new discussions about reboot of Green Lantern on silver screen. And I don't know how I feel about that, but. Again, it depends. Just make it John Stewart and just walk away. Like we don't have to play with Hal. Why do we need Hal? I don't need Hal. Fuck Hal. Yeah, they tried Hal. It did not work. Like it did. Well, they didn't try Hal. As the, no, that was the tried, problem. They tried. <laughs> they tried. Ryan, they tried Ryan Reynolds. They tried Deadpool as Hal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they did. They very much did but, that movie. I would love. Like maybe that's a Patreon thing where we get blasted and watch that movie because just yeah. Jesus Christ! It's that was a ungood. That was a mess. The only thing, the only good thing that came out of that movie was like he ended up as Deadpool. Like yeah. literally the only good thing that came out of that movie. Yep. This is true. Because it wasn't in the suit. That suit. <laughs> the only th- yeah, the only good thing about that movie was the dude playing Sinestro was spot the fuck on, but I enjoyed all the like Green Lantern Corp stuff of in that movie. Yeah. So like that's that's a like that's a weird spot about that movie for me where like I like the the core and like all the alien stuff. 
It was just like Ryan the Reynolds, main not the guy itself, was hot garbage. Yeah, yeah, basically. And it's like, why are we doing parallax in the first one? Like that's that's movie three tough stuff. You know what I mean? Like you don't throw Galactus in there at the beginning. Yeah, Galactus is movie three. Don't be dumb. Stop being dumb. Anyway, yeah. Titans. <laughs> Who else? I don't know. What else do we have to say about Titans? Like I said, I, yeah, like I said, it, they, well, a lot of the episodes are named after characters. And so you get an idea that, you know, that episode is going to be really focused on those characters. And that's where we're getting more of these bits and pieces of history of the characters and kind of starting to piece together their origins and stuff like that. And I thought that, that was a pretty good way to do it to do an introductory season where you're trying to you know introduce a team also build out a world kind of thing also introduce some threats and yeah and also like it feels like an introductory season which like it's to its detriment and its benefit in a lot of ways like because it does drag some stuff out that probably doesn't need to be dragged out yeah like it doesn't it doesn't need to be well it's 11 episodes i guess because supposed to be it was supposed to be 12 from what we were talking about yesterday, right? Yeah, it was supposed to be 12 episodes. Uh, for some reason, they ended up removing the, or basically moving the 12th episode to the start of the second season. So it does end yeah. kind of weird. Um, like it ends on yeah. this, that episode where Dick is spends, I mean, it spends probably about four, four fifths of the episode in Dick's head. Yeah. You know, having him have like this internal struggle where he has to face his demons, which is basically Batman. Yeah, well, and uh, and then we end up like really quickly like, okay, now we can tell that Trigon, who is essentially the I guess the big bad of the whole season, who's uh, Raven's father uh, is now in the real world. And 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 now he's he's presumably going to be sort of the big bad of the next season, which I'm I'm on board for that because Trigon is like the like if you name like want to say like who's the number one like Titans villain, it's Trigon. Deathstroke. Oh, I was gonna say that. Well, that too. Fuck, that would be cool, but I don't think I don't know if they'll touch Deathstroke. They have the rights to everything, yeah, and that's like a that's a uh, an embargo that was placed on them by DC or by Warner Brothers mm. for some reason. No, oh, because they were gonna use Deathstroke in the Batman movie, mm. and now that's not happening. So now they can just move Manu Bennett over to this fucking show and do a proper <laughs> Slate episode. That would be awesome. And I'll if be they happy. Could do like Judas contract and shit like that. Like, there's some really great. Uh, oh, I mean Deathstroke. His first appearance is in a Titans comic or yeah. Teen Titans yeah. comic, and then like you can eventually bring in Tara and all that. Like his, mm-hmm. his that's his daughter, right? Tara. No, yeah, ta- Tara. Tara no, like Tara that. was. Um, no, Tara's the one that in Judas contract that he fucking manipulates, yeah. right? His sister, his daughter shows up later. Yeah, his daughter's daughter's Rose. His daughter's Ravager, but um, his son yeah. is uh, Jericho. Who they just did? Uh, they did Jericho in the crossover. This oh year, yeah, actually, like he on yeah, on one of the Elseworlds. He's on. He's on one of the Parallelers. He has a quick fight with like a Diggle, I think, and then kind of mm-hmm. in like crossover insanity, like Red Sky Lightning shit yeah. happens. Because that's a character you could uh, Jericho for our listeners is a character who is uh, deaf, but uh, deaf and mute, I think, but basically can possess anybody he makes eye contact with, and that would be a pretty easy uh, character to do on on a TV show. Like it's not a power yeah. set that you know is takes a lot of budget or anything like that. Yeah. It's not like having Superman on your TV show yeah. or something like where you're you expecting him to do crazy stuff like it's. A, yeah, exactly. That's a TV manageable power set for sure. Yeah. That's interesting because I think the guy talked on the, the Arrow show and well, I'm maybe sure they said it was his son. It could be Jericho before because uh, essentially what happens is at one point, I think because of something Slade does, he gets his throat cut and that's how he loses his oh, voice. Okay. okay. So, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just remember like he was in the costume with no helmet and I was like, oh, look, it's the Deathstroke costume. They brought it out of storage. They didn't get Manu Bennett, but okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
did they say did they call him Jericho? I don't remember what they called him because I just remember I think they called him Slade had two sons. I don't remember. I have to Slade had one son oh, uh, who I think was also called Ravager. I can't remember, but that's he was in the Deathstroke costume, so it, it is probably the other one. Yeah, and now that and I'm that's about it, and that's there is two. That's the one that uh, gets killed and is basically the reason that Deathstroke then goes after Titans because the Titans because he blames the Titans for his son's death. Oh, well, then that character has, I think, anyway, like a character like that has shown up in the CW yeah, shows. Okay. I mean, they've had a death stroke, so that kind of sets it up anyway. But yeah, but yeah, I would love to see that in like and maybe like a season, like second half of season two or like season three or something like that to be able to bring in a, another another version of Deathstroke would be awesome. Yeah, especially Deathstroke because like he's like he's when I think Titans, I think Deathstroke like Trigon. Yeah, that's great. But like I like the, the interaction between Slade and Dick like that rivalry in the comics is always one that like yeah. i find fascinating so yeah i like the deathstroke character so the more i can see of him on tv the happier i am like i was stoked that he was going to be in the batman i thought that was a cool like kind of left field take for a main villain for a batman movie as opposed to going into his rogues gallery mm-hmm. like introduce something from like the wider dcu and then get into his rogues gallery later i thought that was a really fucking cool idea so well just recently since we're already on this tangent there was in deathstroke's main book there was a like three or four issue arc that was basically a deathstroke versus batman arc that i uh written by nice. written by a priest that i think uh oh nice probably like i'll have to go t- i'll have to go take a look at it that sounds awesome because like but there's in the arkham games they use deathstroke twice like it's kind of disappointing in arkham knight but in arkham origins you have a like the best boss fight in that entire four game series was the Deathstroke fight in Arkham Origins. It's like the best Batman because they're pretty matched they in terms of. Game. Yeah, it's yeah. That's why because it's super cool because it's all like close quarter combat and then you're like trying to outmaneuver him and stuff like yeah. that. But he's just as fast as you are. It's really cool. Nice. So like I like the Deathstroke character and they like they can use him on TV in this. Like I think he fits in this universe better than he ever fit in the Arrowverse universe. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. Let's see. What else have we not talked about? Like performances, I guess we could talk about like. Because like I really liked the lady who played Corey a lot. Like, yeah, I thought she was fucking excellent. Anna Anna Diop, so. and she was the one that got a bunch of fucking flack when she was originally cast because uh, people are like, She's "Fucking black. Starfire is not black," and and the, also people are like saying that her outfit is like basically a prostitute, which it's a little on the nose. To be fair, it's a little like, on the nose. I mean, that's it's, but I mean that was her story arc for this season, and I that was the one thing I was hoping by the end of the season we would get her in like more of a costume, like more of her classic costume kind of thing the last episode she's in an fbi of like she's in like a suit like she's not wearing anything yeah like, but that's again that. that's fantasy world <laughs> like if you're just watching she does get out of those outfits by the end of the of the yeah. run of the show so yeah. i didn't mind it like i was kind of talking about it with somebody else and i'm like yeah the, the outfits are a little questionable but she fucking owns it like she knows she's hot and she is smoking yeah. hot so like it kind of works it works for her character like her personality and what i know of starfire she is pretty like sex positive like forward about that kind oh, of yeah, stuff definitely. so i was like yeah fine that makes that totally makes sense for the starfire characters i know or yeah. so anybody who's bitching about it's just like puritan bitching so fuck off yeah let me enjoy my sexy comic book <laughs> characters god damn indeed i mean i found all of the uh performances at least serviceable but i think really the women on the cast stood out overall like the uh, tegan croft who plays raven i thought was really solid overall and really played that like sort of tortured teenage emo kid like really well yeah yeah for a 13 year old who like is legitimately 13 yeah. she's a pretty she's a better actress than she had any fucking right to be yeah so. she's probably a better actress than the kid who plays dick yeah 
he was fine. Yeah, again, but he was kind of like wooden in a lot of spots. Yeah, so. I agree. He was he was fine, but not not phenomenal. But but and then Minka Kelly playing Dawn was really good too. I was super happy with her. Minka Kelly's awesome. Yeah, I like Minka Kelly. Also, very attractive. So there's and that. then the woman, the uh, Connor Leslie that played Donna Troy was great yeah. every time oh, she, she was, was like, there too. She was my favorite on the show. Yeah, like that that character's. Just the way she could like just sh- like talk shit to Dick, I was like, I'm in, I'm happy with that because yeah. it was at a point in his character where he really needed to have somebody just be like, what the fuck's wrong with yeah. you? Don't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> and she totally yeah. did that. You're turning into you're awesome. turning into Bruce. Fuck off. You're turning into Bruce, which is like his ba- greatest fear. So his his quote unquote BFF, like his best friend or whatever, yeah. should totally be able to say to him like, hey, the asshole that you don't want to become, you are totally becoming. Yeah. So and I'm sure you caught the Donna Troy or the Deanna Troy. Uh, cameo Marina Sirtis. Oh yeah, as, yeah. Uh, that Marina Sirtis played uh, Don's mother, uh, Dove's mom. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was. I I laughed pretty hard at that. I remember her. She was talking about that at uh, TrekCon or whatever. Like they do the big Vegas Trek mm, thing yeah. every year. She was talking about because they're they're trying to her and Frakes are trying to get her on Discovery somehow just as a cameo. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she was talking about doing a cameo on another show, and he was like trying to get it out of her. She's like, "It's a comic book thing. I can't talk about it because they'll sue me yeah. to death." And I was like, oh, "I wonder what it is." <laughs> now you know. And it turns out it was fucking now it's Titans. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I like seeing those Star Trek guys kind of just show up and stuff, you know, like they don't really, I mean, aside from Patrick Stewart, you don't see them just pop up around very much anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of nice to see like Marina Sirs just kind of show up. Yeah. Well, Brent, Brent Spiner was supposed to be on Supergirl, but I think he got canned or something. Yeah. He was supposed to be the vice president. I remember that we, we talked yeah. about that story and then it never happened. I thought it might've happened this year and I just have stopped watching Supergirl. I think I saw I another, I do any of those shows. Anymore. I think I later saw something saying that his character got cut for some reason, but anyways, that's too bad, man. Brent Spiner's awesome. He would have fit on that show really well. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like he would have fit the tone of that show nicely. In terms of production, do you know where this was filmed? Toronto and Hamilton. How can you not? Yeah, you could tell because like basically every street scene, I'm like, I've been there. I've fucking walked down that street. Like, I know where that is. <laughs> yeah. Like every one too. like every exterior shot. I'm like, holy shit. That's like that's in Durham. I know where that is in Hamilton. I know yeah. where that is in Toronto, like especially in the city scenes, like the scene when they were driving through Gotham. I'm like, I know exactly where that fucking strip is in down in like downtown. Yeah. So that was See, pretty I, cool. I didn't, like, I didn't realize that while I was watching it. I thought that they did a pretty good job of disguising it. So I, I think I'll, street I'll need signs to go are back. everywhere. Yeah. I'll need look. to go you back and watch signs. more They're closely. Toronto street signs. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. It was cool for me though. I was like, oh, that's neat. I was like, why do I keep recognizing stuff? The only thing I didn't see was a goddamn CN tower in the distance. So they did yeah. that at least like they didn't, take, <laughs> they got, they didn't do that, but there were some buildings where I was like, oh shit. Like I saw the Chum city building and all that kind of stuff. Like whatever the one that's at Queen and Wester, whatever. Yeah. But you see shots that are of, of buildings. You'll recognize if you're like a Toronto resident or a toronto like you've been in toronto a lot so yeah hamilton too yeah because they use i think they use the campus they, they use the mcmaster campus in a couple shots too oh nice yeah i'm gonna have to go back and uh and check yeah. that out and find some of the because i mean i went to mcmaster and spent plenty of time in hamilton and toronto so yeah but yeah i mean i think we i think we sort of peppered in gripes and stuff like that throughout but is there anything in particular that you wanted to point out that really didn't work for you I mean, like the violence level, I thought was a little bit too much for me. Like it, it's, it felt a little like edge lordy to me in a yeah. lot of spots. Yeah. So as they toned it down throughout the season, I was like, I'm happier. Like I don't mind an injustice kind of like dark Batman story because it's just kind of what it is, like a tangent Batman story. Like it's a Robin mm-hmm. story, right? So I'm like, it's fine to be this dark. But, like they shouldn't be killing people. Like don't make them kill people. That's out of character. Yeah. So that was a little far for me, but like. 
for the most part, I had a good time watching it. I'm much more easily sold on watching 12 episodes, 11 episodes, sorry, <laughs> 11 episodes of this than I am 22 episodes times five of the CW shows at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I, I would much rather watch something that feels like a little bit tighter, a little bit like a little bit higher production value yeah. than, yeah, than to commit to 20 something episodes uh, where eight of them are just like fucking like cw drama kind of thing like with like garbage, no superhero yeah. shit kind of thing yeah so that's why i've kind of decided i think what i'm gonna do going forward is like i might watch like finales and stuff like that if they're if somebody tells me they're really good mm-hmm. but otherwise like i'm kind of done with those shows except i will always watch the crossovers yeah because they are ridiculous fun because yeah. this year is like you shouldn't even start watching it you should just watch the crossover so we can talk <laughs> about it because it is like it has nothing to do i don't think with anything else going on in the seasons because i didn't miss anything i don't think yeah, and I had a fucking blast, but every second of it until the last, they kind of they CW the end a little bit, but although did it kind of feel like they were setting up a Superman show, like a Superman and Son show kind of thing at the I'd end? I'd be so. happy with that too. Fucking a, I'd be especially with that actor. I would really liked him, and the new mm-hmm. Lois is awesome. So nice. you got to get into that at some point. I will. I've got it. Uh, it's queued up. It's just a matter of finding the time. Also, there was a cute like. Because the the uh, legends aren't involved in this year's crossover, there was a cute little bit in Legends this week where he like he turns around, and is like, "Oh, we got voicemails from Oliver Queen, Carzorel, and Barry Allen. Somebody like down the hall, or something like." Or he's like, "Oh, it must be the crossover this year." <laughs> somebody down the hall, somebody down the hall yells, "I wonder if they're gonna wear each other's costumes or some shit like that." And that's kind of the plot <laughs> where they flip bodies, and like fucking, it's Superman, right? Like, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. I always want to call him Brendan Fraser. It's not Brendan Fraser. Oh uh, no, I can't. Brad remember. Ruth. Yeah. Oh yeah, Brad no. Ruth. Brandon Ruth. Brandon Ruth is, is Brandon. Oh, Brandon Ruth, the guy that plays the Adam on. He's, he's Adam. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, always okay. think of him as. I still think of him as Superman because yeah, yeah. I liked him as Superman, right? But like he's having the exchange kind of good thing. Superman he's in his fucking sh- eyes. Good Superman in a, a shitty shit movie. Superman movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Excellent Superman in a shit movie. Yeah, yeah I like him a lot. But yeah, he's like they're rolling their eyes out. That was a good like cute little bit. <laughs> yeah, they're busy with Constantine stuff right now, so I'm kind of into that. Nice. Yeah, I need yeah. to. I need to start picking that one up too. But, Legends is like the only one where I'm like, I'll just watch this because it's ridiculous yeah. fun. Like yeah. it's just dumb now, and I don't even care. It's just fun. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. have anything to do with the other shows, and that's how they treat the other shows now. They're just like, should we go deal with them? Nah, fuck them. They're on their own. We're gonna have fun over here doing <laughs> weird, goofy shit that we do with Constantine now because we have Constantine. Yeah, so. exactly awesome nice yeah in terms of let's see titans gripes yeah i think tonally it was a little scattershot at the start but i agree yeah. i think it, it tightened up later in the season and uh, i think they've got it pretty well dialed in now got a good I, uh yeah what are you gonna say i was I, I was gonna say like the only thing i really want them to do is like actually make it a team because it felt like they hadn't quite cohesed at the end there as yeah. like, a unit and i would like to have all the characters kind of there at the end because it was a weird to have like Gar's stuck in the house at the end mm-hmm. with now I guess possessed Dick and Raven and Trigon, but like Donna Troy's outside and she wasn't really part of the main group, but now she's just kind of there. But then where are Hawk and Dove at this point? Yeah. What is happening? It's very strange. Like it just felt really disjointed. So I'm wondering what next year is going to be like. But to the point where I'm like curious enough that I will watch next year. So I guess that's not nothing. Yeah, I I, I would like to see them maybe have either Donna Troy or Hawk and Dove just as like full on members of the team, not as just on the periphery. I I would be happy either way. I think either one would work. I think if you do both, maybe it's too big 
at least like for this early kind of thing. But what would that what would that be? That would be that'd be seven. Like if they total. had everybody, seven characters. Seven's not terrible. Yeah. My concern would be like I would want them to add a Wally and a an arsenal. Yeah. So I'm I would rather not have. I mean, as much as I would like to have Minka Kelly around all the fucking time, um, I'd rather not have Hawk and Dove and have Roy and uh, yeah. Wally. Yeah. Personally, but I mean, adding another woman character is not something they should be not doing either. Yeah. And they have. I guess they have. Two. two right now, three if you count Donna. Three, yeah, I guess three with Donna, so it's not that bad. Yeah. Like, it's not like a terrible split at that point, so yeah. whatever. And Donna lets you play the Wonder Woman angle, too, which is probably something That's they true. should be looking into these days. Like, yeah. that char- that franchise on its own is something that can lift, like, some expectations of the show probably a little bit. So having her included yeah. full-time would probably be to the show's benefit. Yeah, and there is there is some, as we sort of discussed earlier, there are some some big, like, writing oversights and so there are some pretty significant plot holes at points where i think that just is again a matter of them like really finding their groove in terms of the writing team and so hopefully that'll sort of tighten up a little bit more in the second season yeah because i I mean i want to point like make my little point where like dicks i mean it's in his own head where he's having this conflict but like batman is killing people and he doesn't immediately think to call the league i'm like they like that, I guess Trigon's curse on Dick at that point is making him really stupid because <laughs> you think that him and the cops are going to be able to take Bruce down on his own, on their own? Not fucking likely. They did. Have to call the big guns in. They did though. In yeah, head. I guess that's <laughs> in his head. Yeah. Yeah. So Dick's a legend in his own mind. I don't think it would have happened like that in the real world. <laughs> I think he probably would have to call Cal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. All right. Well, let's see. Let's wrap up. If you had to rate the season out of ten, what would you give it? And and sort of your final thoughts. I'd give it. I'd give it like 7.5 or 8 probably out of 10. Like I had a good time with it and I will watch the next season. I think now that they fit their kind of got their tone locked mm-hmm. down, I hope anyway, I'm a little bit, I'll be happier with like season two yeah. going forward. And then, yeah, I hope they kind of like expand the universe a little bit. It would be nice, like cast Wonder Woman and Superman, have them show up. Like it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Just walk yeah. them through and have everybody be in super awe of seeing Superman. Cause that's what it should be happening. Or like, that's- or like one episode or something like that where the Trinity comes in and was like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they're, even if they beat them on a job. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Titans show up and like, t- like a half second later, Bruce shows up and he's like, all right, you guys cannot be here. Cause like, like Superman or Wonder Woman are coming. Yeah. You guys can't be here. Right? Like there's no need for you. Here. Yeah. Yeah. The big guns are here. Fuck off. Cause that'd be a good source of conflict too. Is like, especially having the league tell like these characters now, like we don't need you here. We're the goddamn Justice League. Yeah, go away, kids. Yeah. Like just we don't getting in our right way now. or whatever. Yeah, that'd be fun. Basically, that'd be fun to do yeah. like a two parter or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Make it like a lower decks episode kind of thing where like they're like that. It's like that Booster Gold episode in JLU yeah, right? yeah. where they're just like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah, I guess we can go do crowd control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're just <laughs> like, on the periphery, like crowd they're just doing like cleanup and shit like that. And yeah, <laughs> they they <laughs> making sure nobody gets hit by debris and stuff. <laughs> just like zapping fucking bricks out of the air and stuff. Yeah. Like this sucks. Yeah, they see Superman fly past. Like, well, Superman's here. That's cool. Yeah, I think that would be basically it. <laughs> at that point. All right, DC, you need to hire us on your writers team. Yeah, I'm in. I will fucking write Titans all day, every day. Let's do this thing. Oh, and then uh, at the end of the season, we do get a uh, tease of maybe a, a Superboy type character at the end, like a Connor Kent. Oh, oh, that's right. I completely forgot about that. So that's weird that they're going to do like not do Wally and Arsenal, but they're going to have Con Ellen there. Like that seems odd to me. Does that seem odd to you? Yeah. But I mean, like I said, they're, they're really, they're really piecemealing this. And for the most part, it's yeah. to be working. So I'm okay with it. 
I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. It's just it's weird because like my thought, like the the Con L Robin dynamic that I am familiar with is Tim Drake. Oh yeah, yeah, it's Young Justice, like the Tim Drake one, right? Like that they were the buds because it's what was that and team Impulse. was like Arsenal and Impulse, right? Yeah, so Con L, yeah, Impulse, like Bart and uh, Tim as yeah. like Red Robin or Robin at that point. Yeah, that's the kind of Titans like Young Justice group that I kind of think of the most. Like that's the '90s group that I think of. I think yeah, so. Like the '80s one, yeah, that's interesting. They're doing the Superman stuff. Like they're just leaning into yeah. this, and there's some, and having everybody's like sub character show. There's up. some synergy there right now too, because in Bendis's uh, Young Justice, which just had its first issue this past week, the last page of it is Connell returning as well. Oh, cool! So, he's been dead for a while, right? Uh, just been, been gone. Like he, he, he. The New Fifty Two, his character was just erased. I thought he was. I thought he died. He like died in the like character final in Final Crisis. Crisis. Yeah, but right. then, but basically, he he had never existed in the New Fifty Two. Oh, I thought they brought. I thought they had a Superman char- or a Superboy character. There was, but it wasn't. Announced- it wasn't Connell. It wasn't. Yeah, Con-El. and that that title oh. was always a fucking mess because they were having to sort of like uh, there. There was eventually a time where there was some like multiversal, like multiple Superboys kind of shit, and it it was just all over oh. the place weird i mean i guess it doesn't make any sense for him to have been in the new 52 because they haven't killed clark yet in that universe right like he's uh no they have because the new 52 is basically born five about five years in or something like that and so you know so clark had died sorry it was uh after convergence and rebirth they retconned so they did a merge of basically you know how there was like that uh post-crisis Post-crisis earth which we like we grew up yeah yeah. and there was that superman also sort of existing in the same world yeah because he's now he's now superman in 52 right like he's current continuity Superman. there was a mr mixies pitalik uh storyline that basically ended up merging the two their their two timelines together into a single character and that's the the current but it's it's basically the post-crisis superman at this point my fucking head hurts so much with what you just described <laughs> to me. I just want you to know. And like, I'm used to this comic book shit. That's way outside regular yeah. comic book shit. <laughs> That's pretty fucking messy. But even like, even for what I'm used to in these big fucking superhero things, like they get pretty sloppy sometimes. That's, yeah. that's a big fucking mess. It was, so. but, but now I've got basically like my post-crisis Superman back. I was going to say, it means our Superman's back, so, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, Jonathan Kent, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? And there, yeah, yeah. And, and I read a little him bit. And Lois and Mary are married again, and all is well. So, yeah, the best. I think the most interaction I've seen with them is basically in that Batman run where they go on the date and stuff like that, which, which was, was like my favorite issue yeah. of that, that run. Awesome. It was very good. That yeah, awesome. cool. But uh, yeah, I'm probably sitting around at about an eight out of ten as well for Titans. I was pretty happy with it overall, except it had some growing pains. Um, but I'm I'm hooked. I'm I'm in for more of this. I mean, it's right at my fucking alley. I'm with Mark. Like I love this more lived in sort of superhero world i want to see them expand this world more and get into more of these peripheral dc characters in some cases we've never seen maybe in live action like never fucking seen hawk and dove in live action i never thought i would see hawk and dove in a live action show and this is just like the promise of the netflix shows written for dc now you know what i mean like it's that kind of thing like i never thought we were gonna get another daredevil movie and guess what the fuck we got instead we got three seasons of an awesome show yeah and defenders so i guess i mean whatever (laughs) Like <laughs> three and a half seasons of an awesome show. Three and, three and a half seasons, yeah, of an awesome Daredevil yeah. show, and like a weird, 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 weird Iron Fist show, yeah. I guess. Yes, I'm super into it. Like that, that would be my geek cred this week. I think everyone should go watch Titan. Nice. If we we're gonna do, that. yeah, like that's what I would go. My my geek cred is going to spin off into a Marvel sort of 
analog to this series. I am most of the what? way I'm most of the way through Runaway season two. Right. It's what, yeah. I, it's what I sort of followed up Titans with. Is it worth me getting into this or I liked it. Yeah, it's it's uh I mean, they're actually runaways now for starters. So the whole season they're kind of like living on the streets or like living, you know, trying to have to like survive and like find fucking food and shit like that. Yeah. And so but it also like, they're also still like trying to foil the plots of pride and their parents and okay. Jonah so and everything still around. as well. And yeah. Yeah. Um because it's interesting because like that at that point in the comic like once they're on the run and stuff is when like you start getting like the tie-ins to the the wider marvel universe like that's where they start running into the avengers and stuff like that yeah which i guess they can't really do on the tv show so yeah, that's they gonna be kind of an interesting they're gonna be an interesting transition for me when i'm watching the show and expecting wolverine to show up and he just really doesn't because in the comics the molly character is like the biggest wolverine fan on the planet like she loves mm-hmm. she's she wants to marry logan or something like that and in like in the 616 comic world. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they haven't really been interacting with, I mean, it is still like, they're still referencing the MCU stuff. Like at one point, Mm -hmm. the Alex character, the sort of techie character uh, makes a reference to like making it look like somebody's phone is in Wakanda. So they're still like referencing it, but like, yeah, they never, I, you know, I think they're still like, they're, they're basically fugitives for the first half of the season. Yeah, that's, so, that's the comic that's comic accurate yeah and that so right. so they don't really feel like i guess they can probably go to other heroes or whatever for help or i don't know it's interesting because like eventually in the comic they use uh cloak and dagger mm-hmm. in run like they become kind of big characters in runaways because they're technically runaway characters as well so they kind of go in after the arc our runaway characters um in the comic just to kind of get them off the street and like find out what the fuck's going on and stuff like that and they kind of join forces and blah 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 yeah but so I was, I was like, when they made that show, I was like, I guess they're not going to show up in Runaways, and I guess they haven't shown up in Runaways yet. Yeah, so. but it's too bad. I don't even know if that show got like a second season. Like whatever happened, Cloak and Dagger. Anyway, yeah, I, th- I think well, the old, the first season hasn't come out, hasn't been out for that long, so they might not even have announced if it's been renewed or yet. Uh, it's or not possible. Yet. Yeah, I was. Trying, I thought it. It felt like it was a long time ago. When I think show it came, came out like just in the fall. Oh, I'd have to go look. I don't yeah. know. Either way. Uh, yeah, I would um, go go watch Titans. It was fun, yeah. and then I guess Tim wants you to watch Runaways. Yeah, cause... I think if you like season one of Runaways, then I definitely think you should right. go back and see the second. They're still nailing the relationships between the kids. The interactions and stuff are okay. all like really good. And yeah, said it's now actually living up to its title because they're not all living in mansions with their parents anymore. Yeah, well, that was <laughs> yeah, that was the thing that definitely the first show kind of suffered from yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so mistitling. Yeah. It's like pre-runaways is what the show should have been yeah. called this year, and then we'll change it to actual soon, runaways. Soon to be year. runaways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, with that, I think we will finish off here. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Mark and I ramble on about Titans, about uh, about a comic book nonsense. Yeah, about comic book nonsense and a, a pretty different DC TV show. Uh, if you have a take on Titans, and uh, if you've watched it, if you've been uh, hesitant to watch it for some reason let us know why you can do so on our facebook page at facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com you can get at us on twitter at drd underscore podcast and if you're not already subscribed to our podcast you can do so at uh, google podcasts apple podcasts stitcher the stitcher yeah and our uh, actual podcast hosting now is on libsyn and hopefully soon spotify we're we're, fingers are crossed on that (laughs) one right now so with that uh thank you for listening and take a night mark 
Good night, Mark. Wait, that's Christy's joke. Just good night. <laughs> Fuck that. And I'm Tim, and uh, we will see you next time. I don't have a feel better, Christy. Yeah, feel, not that she's going to listen better, to this Christy. or anything. Oh, but. and uh, before we leave, um, we should say congratulations to uh, Geese with Kids, our sort of former sister podcast. Yeah, uh, on hitting a hundred episodes. So good work, guys! Congratulations! Congratulations! I guess we'll leave that. Are we done? We yeah, good? I think we're good. Call it an episode. <laughs>